Discerning Hearts provides content dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. To continue production of these podcasts, prayers, and more, go to discerninghearts.com and click the donate link found there or inside the free Discerning Hearts app to make your donation. Thanks and God bless. Part 3, Chapter 22 of The Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales. This is a Discerning Hearts recording read by Corey Webb. Chapter 22, Further Advice Concerning Intimacies. Friendship demands very close correspondence between those who love one another. Otherwise, it can never take root or continue. And together with the interchange of friendship, other things imperceptibly glide in, and a mutual giving and receiving of emotions and inclinations takes place, especially when we esteem the object of our love very highly, because then we so entirely open our heart to Him that His influence rules us altogether, whether for good or evil. The bees which make that oriental honey of which I spoke seek to gather not save honey, but with it they suck up the poisonous juices of the aconite on which they light. So here, my child, we must bear in mind what our Savior said about putting out our money to the exchangers. We must seek to make good exchange, not receiving bad money and good alike, and learning to distinguish that which is valuable from what is worthless, since scarcely anyone is free from some imperfection. Nor is there any reason why we should adopt all our friend's faults as well as his friendship. Of course, we should love him notwithstanding his faults. But without loving those faults, true friendship implies an interchange of what is good, not what is evil. As men who drag the river Tagus sift the gold from its sands and throw the latter back upon the shore, so true friends should sift the sand of imperfections and reject it. St. Gregory Nazianzen tells us how certain persons who loved and admired St. Basil were led to imitate even his external blemishes, his slow, abstracted manner of speaking, the cut of his beard, and his peculiar gait. And so we see husbands and wives, children, friends, who by reason of their great affection for one another, acquire either accidentally or designedly many foolish little ways and tricks peculiar to each. This ought not to be, for everyone has enough imperfections of their own without adding those of anybody else, and friendship requires no such thing. On the contrary, it rather constrains us to help one another in getting rid of all sorts of imperfections. Of course, we should bear with our friends' infirmities, but we should not encourage them, much less copy them. Of course, I am speaking of imperfections only, for as to sins, we must neither imitate or tolerate these in our friends. That is but a sorry friendship, which see a friend perish and not try to save him, would watch him dying of an abscess without daring to handle the knife of correction, which would save him. True and living friendship cannot thrive amid sin. There is a tradition that the salamander extinguishes any fire into which it enters, and so sin destroys friendship. Friendship will banish a casual sin by brotherly correction, but if the sin be persistent, friendship dies out. It can only live in a pure atmosphere. Much less can true friendship ever lead anyone into sin. Our friend becomes an enemy if he seeks to do so and deserves to lose our friendship and there is no proof of the hollowness of friendship than its profession between evildoers. If we love a vicious person, our friendship will be vicious too. It will be like those to whom it is given. Those who draw together for mere temporal profit have no right to call their union friendship. It is not for love of one another that they unite, but for love of gain.